The Brewers, I don't know, man. They're on the outside looking in right now, and there's seven games. Rowdy's putting them at the having to win in the next seven, five and two. Five and two. Now that is finishing off their series against the Reds and then taking on the St. Louis Cardinals. But here's the little weird part about it. In one of those games against the Cardinals, a doubleheader, they're going to be the home team but in Bush Stadium. Yeah. How does that even that's, – that's so dumb. It's Yeah, it's, so they didn't put – Three doubleheaders in a row. Which, yeah, who cares? All right, I don't. So last night, Brandon Woodruff was doing very well for himself. It was literally one bad pitch mm-hmm. in the sixth inning. Yeah, Brandon Woodruff's had a lot of bad luck this year. Yeah, especially when it comes to some of these games where he's taken losses where he's been a really good pitcher and the Brewers' offense, especially early in the season, wasn't scoring him any runs. And now it seems like lately he'll hit that fourth to sixth inning and he'll have that one blow-up inning where he'll give up two, three, maybe four runs Mm -hmm. or else the rest of the game he'll pitch pretty damn well. And, yeah, another loss last night. He's now 2-5 and on the season record-wise, but he's got a sub-3-5 ERA. (laughs) He's balling. Yeah. He's doing really well. All right, so you know who else is balling for your Milwaukee Brewers? And it's something that he literally gets no fanfare at all from the national media. No one even talks about him. You mean, yeah, I mean. Nobody talks about him. Corbin Burns? RJ, well done. Yeah, I was going to say, he leads like every statistical category in the national league. Corbin Burns is the kid that they expected him to be (laughs) in 2017. This is uh, two days ago after Corbin Burns um, pitched. The headline from MLB.com. This is the only this is the only thing I could find that's talking about Cor- Corbin Burns. Burns cutter devastates in latest Cy Young push. Could Corbin Burns win the Cy Young? Could he garner? Could he get the Cy Young? In a weird COVID shortened season? Why not? Yeah. He He's is balling. I can I can see people saying no, uh, just because he's in Milwaukee and they're not Winning. Corbin Burns is the league leader in wins above replacement among pitchers. 2.6. His ERA is 1.77. His strikeouts per nine innings, 13.34. His hits per nine innings, 4.98. And his opponent's batting average while he's on the mound, 158. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. That's damn good. <laughs> What's his record? He's Cor- 4-0. Corbin Burns is balling. But here's the thing. Nobody talks about him. Rowdy. Rowdy. Corbin Burns. You were been, you've been high on Burns for a long time. Yeah, it was always Burns over Peralta dating back to 17. Yeah, no doubt. I, yeah, I yeah, can vouch for they that. Brought, they brought Corbin Burns in in 2018. They let him start some games in big situations. They had him in the bullpen for their playoff run. He looked the part then. Yep. 2019 last season, it was a... Mental. That was a mental season for Corbin Burns. You can look at what he did in 2019, and his whip was right there. The thing that killed him was the home runs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, 17 home runs and 49 innings in 2019. He he would be That's looking. A lot of home runs. He would be looking good. And the other thing with that was he'd be ahead in counts, where you'd be like, oh, he's right at the end of of getting this guy out, and then he'd leave one. Right down the middle, belt high. He'd miss like one pitch, and the major league batters would take advantage of it and take him deep. And then all of a sudden, instead of going, man, he's right there for a strikeout, it's, oh, man. Ooh, that, man. That ball's right there going over the fence. Ooh. So, in yeah, in 2019, or in 2019, Corbin Burns, in 49 innings of work, 17 home runs. After Saturday's six innings that he pitched, Burns has not allowed a homer in his last 49 innings yeah, of just, 2020. 49 innings. A ton of home runs. This season, 56 innings, just one home run given up. Yeah, that's nuts, dude. Uh. Uh. Sub-2 ERA, sub-1 whip. His war is killing it, dude. Corbin Burns is hes phenomenal, and nobody talks about him. I saw i saw a tweet that you would like, Rowdy. It was, uh, God, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was basically saying Corbin Burns is having the quietest Cy Young uh, uh, you know, campaign, and no one even knows about it. Well, it's because he was so he was so bad last year. He he actually found himself in Double A. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did. He was a guy that, while he was in Double A, uh, I believe it was in 2017, was actually the Brewers minor league pitcher of the year. He was one of the guys that was just as coveted as Freddie Peralta when Freddie Peralta was striking everybody out in mm-hmm. Colorado in yep. 2017. But he was he was playing in, in Double A. 
He then, in 2018, started in AAA and then found himself in the big leagues in some of the biggest moments like we just talked about mm-hmm. and then had the the regression in 19, and now he's back in 20, and he looks like that 2017 minor league version of Corbin Burns, but at the major league level. And this is exactly, if you're the Brewers, this is exactly what you hoped Corbin Burns could do and more. Yeah, mm-hmm. his cutter is insane. So I'm reading right here, Burns, when he went against the Royals, he threw his cutter 50 of his 100 pitches while scattering four hits, his highest percentage of cutters all season. And he saw it induce 11 of his 20 swings and misses. So his cutter has just been killing it. He struck at least seven batters for the fifth consecutive start, held the opponent scoreless for the fir- third time in four starts, improved to 4-0 and with a 1.13 ERA and seven starts since rejoining the rotation. And Burns and him and that cutter, my God, it's a thing of beauty. It's just electric. So check this. I'm reading right here. Burns says that he admitted to peeking at his numbers from time to time, but mostly to check on whether there are areas of his game that he needs to improve. And then he's looking at um, aware of the candidates in the NL Cy Young Award. That would be, uh, let's see, Trevor Bauer and Freed of the Reds, Hugh Darvish of the Cubs, and Jacob deGrom of the Mets. And the thing that's even more exciting than a potential Cy Young this season for Corbin Burns, or at least being in that discussion, has to be the fact that Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff both have pitched pretty well. Yet yeah, we talked about how Woodruff has had bad luck. some blow-up innings and some bad luck. Obviously, Corbin Burns is dealing this year, but they're both young. They're both controllable for years, years into the future, and if they can both pitch at the level that they're throwing at, or at least somewhat close to it, you have to imagine if you're the Milwaukee Brewers, you have two controllable young pitchers for the foreseeable future, which is good, and the fact that you have the back end of the bullpen, which is a Josh Hader, which is a Devin Devin Williams. Williams. You still have another year of Corey Knable, which he came back the other night and looked decent, and we know he's been banged up this year, but that's a good back end of the bullpen and two top-end starters in the rotation if everyone stays healthy and and uh, continues to perform. Yeah, so I'm looking at um, Bleacher Report right Where here. Where are you, Christian Yelich? No, dude, yeah, no kidding. That, that's the craziest <laughs> thing about the Where Brewers. Where are you, Keston Hero? Haven't we been complaining nonstop year in and year out about, man, we need an ace, we need these pitchers? Well, we got, wouldn't you say we have them? This season, uh, Corbin Burns has been the complete ace, the Cy Young candidate. I know he hasn't made as many starts as Brandon Woodruff, but Brandon Woodruff has been a pretty solid ace for the Brewers yeah. this year. The numbers aren't bad. Obviously, the win-loss is as bad, but that's a lot of bad luck there. The numbers say he shouldn't be 2-5. and five. So I'm looking at Bleacher Report right here, and they have ranking the 25 biggest surprising players of the 2020 season. Believe it or not, Corbin Burns comes in at number five. And you know who else hasn't really been bad? He's actually been pretty surprisingly decent for the Brewers. It's got to be Brett Anderson, the lefty, that they signed this offseason. Yeah, totally. Just a a one-year deal, so they're not going to uh, get anything for him. Probably won't be back next year, but uh, not a bad two months, I guess, for Brett Anderson. This is crazy right here. So in these 25 players that they ranked, there's two Milwaukee Brewers on it. Number five is Corbin Burns, and they talk about Burns being electric in the bullpen in 2018. And then they say Burns was demoted to the minors three times and was sent to the team's Phoenix pitching lab in search for answers. And he spent the winter working on uh, working on stuff with a mental skills coach. How would you like to have that job, a mental skills coach? And the end result is him just balling. Well, that's really what it was last year in 2019. It was. His slider, his cutter, they still look like they do now. They're wipeout. They were always good. It was never a question whether his his stuff was good. It was always location when he got to two strikes. We were talking a little earlier about the Milwaukee Brewers, how there's seven games left of the season. And then, believe it or not, I'm looking, I'm scrolling through Bleacher Report, and they have the 25 most surprising players in the majors. The Milwaukee Brewers have two players on the top 25. Number five, Corbin Burns, the Milwaukee Brewers starting pitcher who has just been electric this year and is in the Cy Young talk. He is a beast. And then you have this guy right here. The num- I, could, I had to like slap myself that this was number one on the most biggest surprises according to Bleacher Report. The fact that they had not one but two Brewers on there and Burns was five. Devin Williams, number one for the Milwaukee Brewers. And Rowdy, we talked about this a couple hours ago. Team control. Team control. Devin Williams, 2025. Corbin Burns, what's he till? 
Uh, at le- least through 2024, from what I can see on spot track. What's Woody through? He's 2024, too, That's I believe. Insane. So they got a lot of young pitchers that have had a lot of success this season, and they're under control for a long time and at pretty good pay. It's crazy. And the Brewers now have seven games left. When? Can you remember a time, I guess I guess it would be what, the NLCS run, when the Brewers had the pitching and the batting on the same page? Yeah, 2018. Yeah, is that like the only time? But there was a ton of unsung heroes on that 2018 team where no one or hardly anyone would have figured they would have done what they did. Insert Jolice Chassin. Insert right. Wade Miley after being terrible the prior few seasons. Yeah. And Jolice Chassin was a serviceable arm for the Padres. What's more surprising for you, Devin Williams or Corbin Burns? I'm going to say Devin Williams. Because both are crushing. I, I've always been super high on Corbin Burns. I've always liked what he brought intangible-wise with his stuff. Devin Williams was the guy that when he was in, I believe it was double-A, he was still a starter just like two years ago. Yeah. And then they're kind of like, man, the starting thing's really not working. Why don't you try moving to the bullpen? Yep. And now, obviously, at the last couple of years, they've moved him into a complete bullpen role where... You weren't expecting this. His ERA at high A in 2018 was 5.82. And now look at him coming out of the pen. He's you, crazy. You, you were not expecting this. Like Corbin Burns was the, the guy that had a lot of hype since about 2000, the end of 2017. Yeah. So he kind of had that hype train behind him. Devin Williams was the guy where you're like, oh, this guy, when he was in A ball, when he was a, a younger well, he is young now, but a much younger prospect. <laughs> he was a guy where it was like, he reached that high A, he reached that double A, and you're like, eh, well, maybe uh, this guy doesn't have the, the stuff to be a starter. We'll try him in the bullpen just to see if we can actually get him to the majors. Yeah. We'll see if he can break in. He's not only broke in last year, but this year he's dominating. It's crazy, isn't it? You have Corbin Burns killing it, Devin Williams killing it. In what universe did we ever think we'd be talking about? And Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff had one bad pitch last night, and that was what kind of started the unraveling well, for the If Brewers. we go back to talking about Burns versus Williams, Burns, it was never about his stuff. You never questioned his stuff. It was always his it was always mental and it was at times location. It was never that he didn't throw hard enough because he always threw in the mid mid nineties. It wasn't that his slider wasn't good enough because the slider always looked good. He would just you know, leave it right down the middle at times. It wasn't that the the cutter didn't look good. It was just his placement of it, especially when he got in tight situations. Devin Williams, you really were questioning the stuff once he got to that level of high A or double A. Oh, yeah, almost had an ERA of six. If you weren't questioning the stuff, you wouldn't have moved him to the bullpen. Now, when he came up last year, he was so so right. Mm-hmm. He'd have he'd have outings where well, he, he, go, he go, didn't they, they put him down to double A. Last year? No, that was Corbin or, Burns. I'm sorry, yeah, um, Devin Williams, when they brought him up, he was straight out of the bullpen. And you got some innings, he would look decent. Other innings, it would be like, okay, yeah, this is a an inexperienced guy with not much major league uh, experience or level of pitching. Yeah, He was so-so. You, you weren't completely ready to throw him in the trash, but you, you weren't like, Devin Williams, <laughs> let's go. He's the back end of this bullpen. He was just another guy that would be in the bullpen, and you're like, meh. You're like, all right, let's see if this guy can work it enough to get Josh Hader but out here. But that, and I know I pointed this out early in the season, that changeup this year looks so much better right. than it did last year. Dude, it, his cutter's balling too. It looks like it's that changeup has become like 100 times better than what it was last year. Mm-hmm. And he was so-so last year. Well, remember last year, they're like, well, he's working on a third pitch, and it was halfway through the season. It's like, dude, you're a starting pitcher. Shouldn't you already had that worked out? I mean, Corbin Burns, for me, it was never about his third pitch. Because he, he always, in my opinion, had a third pitch. It was just, what did you want to call it? It was like the... It's like when the, the starting pitcher has, like, where they say he has, like, 10 pitches... But like, then you're like, oh, like, well, Lin, like Lindblom. Well, yeah. Oh, well, it's really just a four seam fastball, and then he's got a two seam fastball where he he has it cut on one one end, and then other times <laughs> he's putting pressure with the other finger, so it's cutting in yeah. to another. So it's like, okay, so really he has one pitch, but he throws it three different ways. Yeah. He doesn't have nine pitches. So the dude's got a fastball. <laughs> well, that's kind of the same thing that with, has movement with Corbin Burns. It's like, okay, yeah, the dude's got a good fastball. Yeah, the dude's got a pretty good cutter and slider. 
but there's not a ton of difference between a cutter and a slider. The slider is just going to break more. Yeah. The slider is going to break sharper than the cutter. Mm-hmm. Like he technically had three pitches and then obviously still throws a change. Well, up. I thought you said it best. And we, we were talking about Burns when, um, when the Brewers demoted him to the minors three times, he was then sent to Phoenix at the pitching lab to search for answers. And over the winter, he hung out with a mental skills coach. Because that's what it was, right? It was all mental. It was all between the ears. When you throw in 95 and you have a wipeout slider, you still have a good good cutter, but you're giving up a ton of home runs, you kind of have to ask yourself why. And during the season, I, I think Corbin Burns was probably in his own head saying, why? Why is this happening why to me? Why me, God? Why? After dominating in the minor leagues in 16 and 17 mm-hmm. and then having success in 18, what all of a sudden happened? And then I think being that he was young, still relatively inexperienced, he was having trouble mentally coming to grips with what the hell was going on. And honestly, going down to double and triple A, going to Phoenix, working with a mental skills skills coach and a pitching coach. Cause I want to know what's like what what you go through in a mental skills coach. I have no idea. Do you like just look at yourself in the mirror and say I like myself. I'm special. But it obviously it's shown that it was beneficial. Yeah, totally. Because his velocity hasn't changed. It's just... Now he's mentally tough. Or he's been just spotting his, fa- <laughs> his, his pitches a little better, too. All right, so believe it or not, Corbin Burns in the Cy Young talk. Devin Williams, the biggest surprise, according to Bleacher Report. You got... You, the pitching is stellar. Woody and Ace... One pitch doomed him last night. Yeah, that 2-5 and five record, just not a good look for how good he has been. The Brewers have the pitching, but they don't have the hitting. What is going on? Seven games left. October 24th, that's when the season gets underway. Week one against Illinois. What is the game you guys are most looking forward to for this upcoming Wisconsin season? Rowdy, I guess I mean, we'll start with you. What's the game you're most looking forward to? I mean, You can make the case for week one just because it's the first one for Badger football, but... What game is it that Nelson over here is like, this is the must-see game that I have to watch? Man, for me, I think it's got to be the Minnesota one. Just because there's kind of a a heated rivalry again between the Gophers and the Badgers. One, because they came in and beat Wisconsin, was that two years ago? Then Wisconsin embarrasses them (laughs) up in in Minnesota, in Minneapolis last year. And then Give me that PJ, yeah. Then PJ Fleck has the gall to come out and still say co-champions <laughs> and make rings. PJ ma- Fleck is the oh, I forgot biggest about the dummy. <laughs> He's the biggest dummy ever. But yeah. it's also setting up that Minnesota and Wisconsin could be playing each other. You know, the third to last week of the season for a chance to be playing in that Big Ten championship game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at who Wisconsin's playing. Yeah, they play at Michigan, but Michigan's had some transfers and they haven't necessarily lived up to expectations under Harbaugh. Indiana's getting better, but I still don't really see them as a threat. And Iowa's lost a ton of players. I don't know exactly how well they're going to, to re I guess, revamp that roster after a, a shortened COVID practice season. Yeah. So I, I think it's in Minnesota. I think it's uh is it Bateman said he wants to come back and play their best receiver. Yeah. Who, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who already signed a what? PJ Fleck. Um, I saw PJ Fleck released a statement about that yesterday. But whenever Fleck says something, it takes me a while to 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 get the vomit down to, to click on it and read it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll have to he, look that up. They they're filing for a waiver to let him back in, even though he. Well, already... here's the thing: they canceled football. Yeah. No. If I if they canceled football and said we're not going to play, and I was an NFL talent, I'd be like, okay, then I'm going but to the NFL. There, there are schools that didn't cancel football that guys opted yeah. out. So if, if I mean, I, I don't see. I how. would be like, yo, you canceled, you quit on me. I didn't quit on you. You quit on me. I was going to the NFL then. Yeah. So since you're back, let me play. I think it's just that would be fair. RJ, what game are you looking forward to the most? Um, I guess I would say either Nebraska or Michigan. Uh, Nebraska solely for the fact that. But, I mean, you have a problem with your schedule. Uh, just work it out on the field in Michigan. Uh, oh, know, how's I, Ann Arbor? How's the, how's the big house look with no one in it? Well, I know what it sounds like with 100,000 people in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but more so for the fact that, I guess, if you want to call it, that might be your first test of the year. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we have on Twitch here G-Dub saying October 31st, Nebraska, Saturday. 
Halloween. Yeah, and, and it's also at Nebraska. So, I mean, you got a, a road test there against a team that's pissed off, I guess you could say. Um, now, I mean, all we've heard the past two seasons is nobody on this team has discipline. It's not my fault that we're not winning from the head coach. So, I mean, that immediately tells me, you know what? It is your fault. Yeah. Um, and yeah, who knows? Maybe something clicks this year because the big 10 pissed them off or maybe they play bad enough just to leave. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Either. Um, but those are, yeah. I mean, I can see why that'd be like on your radar. So either Rowdy's going, I just don't like watching blowouts. <laughs> Rowdy's, Rowdy's going week six versus Minnesota, and RJ's going either October 31st, week two at Nebraska, or it, the big house November 14th, week four. It's really a coin flip there for You me. know what I want to see? And and I, I Wisconsin's got a very good opportunity to go undefeated, mm-hmm. and I totally agree with you guys. Like I'm stoked, I'm stoked for all the games you guys said. You're going to go with the plus one. <laughs> I want to go, though. Wisconsin is not. And Wisconsin, if this, if they took one loss and it happened here, I would be sick to my stomach, and it would just, oh my god, Wisconsin, another road game heading to Evanston to take on Northwestern. They are not good at no. Ryan Field. No. One in five in the last six games. And I'm there. not saying like Northwestern is going to be world beaters or anything. I'm just saying, can Wisconsin get up for that game in a, with no well, fans, already... a COVID year? And it's in between Michigan and Minnesota. I can I can already set the stage for you. It's a Please don't. kind of chilly, <laughs> definitely overcast. Grass is a little longer. There will be no sun in sight <laughs> yep. at Northwestern. No one's at the, like, no one's at the hot dog It could be sunny stand. everywhere in the country, but yet there's a gray cloud hanging over Evanston. And, and the, always. The weather will just, it'll be, it'll be a place gray. you don't want to be. It'll, you know when you watch like Armageddon movies? To... It'll be like that gray, like <laughs> nuclear fallout kind of looking... Wisconsin will somehow have to come out of the locker room and play a football game against Northwestern, who seems to live in that type of atmosphere. Yeah, and love it. Yeah. But I mean, the no fans in the stands won't be the team most different. suited for twenty twenty. Northwestern. Yeah. Northwestern's we're used to no fans in the stands. All yeah. right, let's do this thing. Um, that's that's just out of curiosity because of how poorly they play uh, at Ryan's Field. So that's going to be the one. But obviously, I mean, Michigan, Minnesota, the Nebraska, all of them. Yeah. But do you think Wisconsin will be an underdog in any game? Maybe at Maybe Michigan. Maybe at Michigan, yeah. That's what I'd think. That, I mean, that's the only one I can think of. it depends how they do against you know, Illinois, Nebraska, Purdue. Well, I'm just but saying right now, looking right now, at it yeah. right now, maybe just Michigan at Michigan. I bet you they'd be like a field yeah. goal underdog. I mean, if there are places that are putting those lines out right now, I mean, they usually don't. But, I mean, I, I would think at Michigan might be the only one you're the underdog in right now and solely because you're at Michigan and for some reason Harbaugh gives you points. Am I wrong in thinking Wisconsin can go undefeated? In, I, know, I say this every year, but am I wrong in saying Wisconsin can go undefeated? No, we, we talked about it uh, yesterday a little bit. It looks like the schedules are kind of set up to have either Minnesota or Wisconsin finish undefeated on the Big Ten West side of things so you have the best chance of Ohio State going up against an undefeated school yeah and you can get a school into the college football playoff all right so we're talking a little Wisconsin sports real quick before news of the weird upcoming how about this the date has been set it was over the weekend in case you missed it November 25th is college basketball it's here boyos or I guess you say it's almost here the date set what do we think what are we thinking for your Wisconsin Badgers RJ they only lost really one guy yep what what's our expectations? I saw Iowa was number preseason rankings. Iowa number one in the Big Ten. Wisconsin number two. Yeah, uh, Luca Garza is coming back for the Hawkeyes, <laughs> which I still don't understand. Yeah, like I said, they could have the most talent in the world and they won't win because of the, the Fran freakout because of Fran. I'm I'm I am. I just pumped. didn't understand why Garza would come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like he had every incentive to go to the NBA. With a, a season that was in doubt with COVID, the NBA still obviously playing with the bubble. Yeah. What made you come back? I, I don't get that question. either, man. Uh, G Dub on Twitch is saying he is super stoked for for Badger basketball. And he said that fre- the freshman team last year going into this year is watch the growth of those guys is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. You know who I really liked? Tyler Wall. That guy's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, t- Tyler Wall. It's one of those things. Like you're just looking for the normal progression of the Wisconsin basketball system. 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's, it's year in and year out, right? Yeah. You're a freshman. You bide your time. Maybe you'll get a couple minutes here and there. But as you're coming into sophomore and then into junior, especially junior, you'll get a little more playing time. But Wisconsin's stacked yeah. coming in this year. A uh, little interested to see if any of the incoming freshmen uh, end up doing anything. Right. Uh, I mean, they're supposed to be talented enough to push for playing time right away. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, Badgers have had guys who've been talented enough to push for playing time right away and ended up redshirting anyway. Uh, or then you have guys like um, Reavers, who Reavers. ends up getting small time, a little more time, and then blossoms into, I mean, what he is right now. So, uh, yeah. He, Reavers, I mean, throwing some good block parties. Reavers good at throwing some block parties. Reavers... You know, when Micah Potter was out, I thought Reavers was, because the NCAA sucks, I thought Nate Reavers was going to make like a bigger step forward. Because if you remember, I mean, it's hard to compare him to Frank Kaminsky, but Frank Kaminsky, freshman and sophomore year, Kaminsky's like, I remember freshman year, my dad was saying like, why the hell did we waste a scholarship on this guy? Look at this nerd. <laughs> I think everyone was kind of saying that. Then sophomore year, it's like, I, uh, I don't know. I guess I can see some growth, but outside of that, I don't know. And then junior year, I mean, insane. And then senior year, obviously. Yeah. And then Reavers, I was like, all right, he's already had a Frank his sophomore year. Uh, let's see, let's see the growth. It's, again, it's hard to compare to Frank Kaminsky. But once Micah Potter was allowed to play, you really saw the Badgers take off. Yeah, Micah Potter was the engine that made that team go. I mean, it's pretty tough to compare him to Frank Kaminsky, a guy that becomes a national player yeah. of the year. I mean, I, I said that a few. <laughs> I said that twice there, Rowdy, like leading up to it. I understand, but I mean that's a that's a huge comparison for anybody. I think anyone would love to see the explosion of talent like Frank Kaminsky had sophomore to junior year. My God, yeah. But I mean, I'd be content with a John Luer. Yeah, yeah definitely, here. definitely. Um, so I'm very stoked. I just wanted to bring up a little Wisconsin basketball, just because we had G Dub talking about it on Twitch. He's like, which one? Which one do you guys like more, Wisconsin football or Wisconsin basketball? Well, for me, I like football better. Yeah. Well, you're on the you're manager for the team. <laughs> I think the also the big thing is that this team was so much better once Micah Potter started being able to play. Yep. They were a 500 team without, without him. him. Now that was also with Kobe King, and we know there was oh. some uh, oh. issues issues with the team and and possible relationships there. But Kobe King still played on that team while. Michael Potter came back, and what what did they go? Was it fourteen and five? It was like or something? fifteen and five. Fifteen yeah. and five. Yeah. They're right around somewhere in there. And then when Kobe King left the program, they just continued to win that much more. And then you only lose Brevin Pritzel, yeah, the lone senior that I would say Brevin Pritzel at Wisconsin. You always seemed like you were hoping for more. Yeah. Now he had some big shots, he had some big games, but you always felt like there was more to get out of him. Yeah, definitely. And now you bring in the Davis brothers. Yep. You bring in Ben Carlson, who's had a lot of hype behind him. And then uh, Lauren uh, Bowman, Bowman, who's also yeah. had some yeah. tout behind wherever, him, Wherever too. you look, he's either a, he's a high three-star or low four-star prospect out of the state of Michigan. So you're bringing in four legit players that people think could potentially find time on this roster. Maybe. I'm not 100% sure about that just because of the roster that they're retaining and bringing back. But then you still have, like Ebo mentions, the walls of the world where what's he going to develop and look like? Mm-hmm. You still have a lot of those guys that are going to be seniors with the da- with the Davison, with the Reavers, with the Potters. Reavers. You're bringing back all those. Trice is going to be like 30. <laughs> yeah, Trice, I feel like, has, is Trice one of those players on the Badgers that feels like he's been on that team for no, like he's, 10 years? he's super old. Yeah. It's crazy. And you haven't even, did you mention Aleem Ford? No, no we didn't yeah. even mention Aleem no. Ford, who, by the way, played pretty well last year especially down yeah. the stretch yep. showing that he can be kind of like a stretch four kind of what what the NBA is kind of trending towards right. where he looks like a guy if he continues to mold into that type of a role with Wisconsin Aleem Ford could be like that random player that finds NBA time because of yeah. how the NBA <laughs> yeah. is is turning kind of like uh do you exactly who i was yeah. thinking about like, do you Duke with the king guy that was a, decent, that was a quick minute a decent rotational <laughs> player for the badgers but because of how the nba started to play the game yeah found some time in the nba with the kings kinda i think like, a lean forward has that like you, you could put him more like a steve novak so he's right? gonna go win a million dollars in Where the he's, tournament he's just kind of that guy that will hang out on the perimeter and yeah. shoot a three here and there
who has an easier conference? The Big Ten West? And he says the NFC Central, but I think he means the NFC North. In fact, Terry, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> What's up, Charlie? The walls have ears. I got my boombox up and running again. You got your boombox up and running? Yeah, man. And uh, How are we feeling hey, today, Charlie? Kid Dynamite, Jimmy Walker. <laughs> what? I, you talk, uh, did you call yourself Kid Dynamite? Kid Dynamite. My man. Charlie, you got and, a lot of uh, nicknames. Kid Dynamite, the Casino Kid, Down the Middle Johnson. Um, I think they're all self-given. Play for show, putt for dough. Play for show, putt for dough. You also had one. What was the? You had another one. I can't remember what. Uh, uh, catch Kirk out. No, uh, uh, beer, we don't want to do that. Your Twitter, uh, ha- your Twitter uh, handle at Beer Me Brother. I can't kill a computer. Can't kill a computer. Yep. Can't, can't bring kill down. A computer. Can't bring down this Falcon. Yeah, man. Casino I, I'm kid. Po- I'm, I'm full of it, aren't I? <laughs> and it's like I'm just lucky the, to be alive. The Ice House Master Blaster. Well, we eat taking a break from it, though. Oh, you got ham. ham you got hams. Ham, hams, yeah. Ham for ham. You're, you're uh, a real ham, Charlie. You know that. Yeah, and I, I'm full of it, aren't I? Yeah, you're full <laughs> of something. <laughs> and I. Uh, What's on your mind today, brother? Well, I'm just. I remember. One win away from the Brewers making World Series last year. Oh, yeah. maybe sick. Yeah, it wasn't last year, Charlie, but close enough. It was NLCS against the Dodgers. Can you believe it? Oh my God, the Dodgers are <sighs> a lot more experienced in those things. They got a lot. They got a lot more money too, Charlie. Uh, but as Madison's yeah, newest Tommy Lasagna, as Madison's newest millionaire, Charlie, can you throw a little bones, Margaret Anazio's way, or what? <laughs> I wish you wouldn't put that over. Oh, I, my, my apologies. Somebody might mug me. <laughs> um, I, my, well, yeah, probably. Uh, my apologies, I don't Charlie. think they'd ever figure. Charlie, you're, like, right. you're like in disguise. They would never think you're Madison's newest millionaire. Right? You're, you're, you're incognito. You're good. I know. You're a kid. We'll I call know. you Kid Incognito. Huh. How about uh, Dr. McCoy? He, oh, yeah. He you... Dr. McCoy got killed in gun smoke. No, I no. Can, you can't kill Dr. McCoy. We gotta pour no, we gotta pour a drink out for our fallen homies, Charlie. Get some of that hams and pour a little bit in the sink. They just yeah, want Dr. It, McCoy. And it's like I gotta figure out how to uh um have a uh I got I finally got a sliding door and a patio to grill out and Charlie, we're moving on up. We're moving on up in the world, brother. The Jeffers up. Yep. <laughs> well here, Charlie, give me a Captain Kirk out. Nellie and I are gonna talk a little football. Oh, uh, how about a Nerf football? Because that's the only time I control. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe in a different time, in a different show, a different reality, we'll talk uh, Nerf football. We're going to talk, like, actual pigskin. <laughs> right on. Give me, a ca- what, give me a casino kid out. Oh, one well, more thing. Okay. Uh, what were those hors d'oeuvres that we used to like? Bacon what, roll-ups? What were those hors d'oeuvres we used to like? Um, bacon bake, roll-ups. Sure. Something like that. Some, some and, spin wheels, a little ham and cheese, yeah. pickles in it. Captain Kirk out, Spock out, uh, John Luke Picard out, Archer out, Janeway out. Yep, beat me up, Scotty. I, I think that's all. And I didn't, I did not care for the policies too serious. Sorry about that, y'all. Take care. Yeah, see you, buddy. I literally had no idea what he said at the end there. He didn't care for what? I, doesn't matter. I don't know. I think he said I don't care for water. Charlie, drink water, eat some bread. All right. So Terry, if you're listening, call back in, brother. Mark Zuckerberg, silence your transmission. Uh, but Terry was referring to this post, and I thought it was, I chuckled at it last night. Uh, he said, who has an easier conference, the Big Ten West or the NFC North? They, and then he says they both suck. <laughs> Rowdy, who's got an easier go about it, the Packers or the Badgers? I think it might be the Packers this year. Because you look, okay, the NFC North, the Vikings are garbage. They stink to high heaven. The Lions are 0-2 as well. I think the Lions are better than the Vikings. And then you have the Bears, who are 2-0, right? And that's and definitely the worst 2-0 team. I still think they could potentially be the worst team in the division. Yeah, they got a quarterback named Mitch Trubisky. Who'd you rather have, but Kirk Cousins or Mitch Trubisky? I would rather have Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford, no doubt, before I have Mitch Trubisky. Would you rather have Mitch Trubisky or Matt Stafford with a broken back last year? <laughs> no, but the Bears, y- yes, they are 2-0. Well, think about but this. But my God, that's a Matt terrible Stafford's looking 2-0. Stafford's backup is now Chase Daniel. Yes. <laughs> they were playing Who Chase Daniel over Mitch Trubisky last at year. times last year. Yes, that is also correct. 
So, yeah. Let that sit in. <laughs> Matt Stafford with a broken back, yeah. <laughs> so the Packers, do they have an easier goal, or is it – I mean, listen, I think the Packers are going to win the NFC North. I, I don't think that's too bold of a take. With th- how Minnesota has looked the first two weeks, yeah, I think the Packers have to be the odds-on favorite. All the wise guys had Minnesota and Green Bay neck and neck for that division. Yes. But that defense for Minnesota Oof. hasn't looked good in two weeks, and uh, – that offense looked terrible against the Colts. Kirk Cousins <laughs> looked awful. I think what it what it tells you is that uh, for Minnesota to really compete for the division, they would have to have Kirk Cousins play well and play well quite often. And it just seems like he's that guy that can be really good sometimes and so bad other times that he's not a guy that can be a consistent winner. No, he is definitely not a consistent winner. You like that? And I like that extension you signed, he's, Kirk. He's a guy that when he has a great season, the team's going to be like ten and six. Yes, he, they can never really go that twelve and four, that thirteen and three. Kirk Cousins against the Colts. The Colts on Sunday throttled the Vikings, twenty-eight to eleven. Kirk Cousins was eleven for twenty-six, one hundred and thirteen yards, and three interceptions. His quarterback rating was nine point four. Rowdy quarterback rating. What's average? 50, right? Yeah, QBR, 50 is average, 100 is perfect. 50 is average. Kirk Cousins, 9.4. And no, the the algorithms were not off. 11 of 26, 113 yards, three interceptions. Do you remember last year when Stephon Diggs, the Vikings took, I forget who exactly they lost to, but the Vikings... And Stephon Diggs were so beside themselves that they demanded that Kirk Cousins apologize. Remember when Stephon Diggs wanted Kirk Cousins to apologize? And he did. (laughs) And he did. And then what Stephon Diggs do? He's like, get me the hell out of here. You gave me a stat yesterday about Stephon. Or maybe it was Zach Heilprin. Yeah, I I don't think it was me. But just in general, when you have these quarterbacks that are supposed to be the leaders and they come out and they, they, they don't really lead... But when you have a Stefan Diggs who's, you know, acting out, acting up, saying he needs the football, blah, 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 and then you you basically turn and just say, yes, yes, you do, when you're supposed to be the leader. Yeah, and he apologizes. He, if, if there was anyone that needed to come out and say something, okay, in theory, did Stefan Diggs need the ball more? Probably. Yes. yes. Now, should Stefan Diggs have to be the one to go out and start complaining. That should have been a in private Kirk Cousins Stefan Diggs no conversation. Doubt. No doubt. Where Kirk Cousins comes to Stefan Diggs and says, "Hey man, I got to get you the football more. We we need to figure out a way to get get not all of a sudden the receiver <laughs> bitching publicly about it and then you not having anything really to say but apologizing to him." Apologize. Check this out, Rowdy. Kirk Cousins threw for 113 yards in their loss to the Colts on Sunday. 113 yards. Kirk Cousins, what's the, isn't the job of the quarterback is to, you know, I mean, yeah, you hand the ball off, but isn't the job mostly to throw the ball to get yardage? Isn't that the job of the quarterback? That would be the job of the quarterback. Kirk Cousins threw for 113 yards. Stephon Diggs, receiving yards in their win over the Dolphins for the Bills. Stephon Diggs had 153 receiving yards. Kirk Cousins had 113. And a lot of those were garbage garbage time fourth quarter receiving or passing yards for Kirk Cousins as the Vikings offense looked putrid for most of that game. I thought the Vikings would be second in the NFC North. The Vikings are 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 atrocious. They are terrible. That defense obviously Mike Zimmer is a defensive guru. He's that's what he's known for. That defense losing a lot of the secondary and the, a lot of the defensive line not being healthy with Danell Hunter, they're they're in trouble. I'm I, I'm going to be willing to bet that the Vikings defense gets better, but how big of a hole are they going to dig themselves into at the beginning of the season with injuries and with a inexperienced crew with a COVID shortened practice schedule? I think Vikings fans. Uh, f- fans of your team, a team that and you're a fan offense of, offense isn't good enough. No, it's not to bail out the defense. If you're a fan of your team, you always usually hope for the best, right? You always look. The glass is always got to be half full. That's how I operate, anyways, as a fan. So if you're a Vikings fan and you saw Kirk Cousins sign that giant extension, you're like, okay, you know, Kirk, 
I think he can, looked like he was doing pretty good for himself. Looked like he could, you know, turn that corner and be maybe, you know, getting a playoff game under his belt, which he got one. But do you think there's just gigantic buyer's remorse right now in that Minnesota camp of giving Kirk Cousins that extension? Yeah. And then you got the Mike Zimmer, the Mike Zimmer extension, which I think Zimmer is a good coach. It's just when you're handcuffed with a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, you are just doomed. Doomed. Talk about buyer's remorse. And then look at the well, Lions. Yeah. You ask, do you think there are Viking fans with buyer's remorse? Well, his original deal he signed would have been done after this season. Yeah, I think there's a billion percent chance that there's buyer's remorse because now you locked him up for a ton of money the next two years, and you already have fans openly talking about how you want to tank after two games to draft Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> You're openly talking about tanking after two games to draft, you know, a can't miss prospect, the biggest can't miss prospect since what Andrew Luck. Yeah. And then before Andrew Luck, it was like John Elway. Mm -hmm. So he's one of the three huge can't miss prospects. Okay. Well, guess what? You just signed this guy to a lot of money for two more years. You're, you're screwed for a while here. Uh, A resident booze hound, Aaron Knutson, long time brother. He says, Kirk Cousins is absolute trash. Give me Jay Cutler over that dumpster fire. Well, dude, Cuddy does it. Everyone knows Cuddy does it. How about uh, speaking of the Bears then? The Bears are 2-0, and and it's a very surprising 2-0. and The Lions definitely should have beat the Bears, but they didn't. DeAndre Swift dropped that wide-open touchdown pass. Yeah, if you think about the Lions, so if, if you Packers look at the weren't game, losing to the Lions, if though. you look at the game per, you know, per quarter, mm-hmm. the Lions have won five out of eight quarters. They're own too. Yeah, the <laughs> the 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 poor Lions. It's just it's just something with that franchise. They are doomed. DeAndre Swift had a wide open touchdown pass. There's about six seconds left on the clock against the Bears. He dropped it. He's wide open. It was there for the win. Dropped it, and then the Bears somehow get a win. And then against the Giants, Saquon Barkley goes down, tears his ACL. He's done. By the way, I don't think anyone bid on that trade, Rowdy. Yeah, it looks like the uh, the league wisened up. You won't be able to uh, you look trade at, You look at the Bears, though, right? And the Bears are what? 2-0. And we have a question here on Twitch. What's what's more fool's gold? The Packers at 2-0 last year or the Bears at 2-0 this year? It's the Bears at 2-0 this Bears year. Bears at 2-0 this year. The Packers got a guy named Aaron Rodgers. The Bears have a guy named Mitchell Trubisky. At, at this point, I mean, if you looked at it just top down, you always look at head coaches, right? Yep. Matt LaFleur was a huge question mark. Matt Nagy's still a question mark. Matt LaFleur are now 8-0 in the NFC North. But then you look at the quarterback. We know Trubisky is garbage. You know that Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Despite having two bad seasons, yep. you knew there was some turmoil between him and the head coach. You knew that he had been injured, but you still knew he was Aaron Rodgers. You didn't think he was a, a bottom five quarterback in the NFL. You knew he was top 10, whether he was playing great or he was playing some of his worst seasons. He was always top 10 to top 12. Yeah, I mean, you're comparing like Aaron Rodgers is like a Ferrari. Mitchell Trubisky is like a 1998 like Toyota Camry that's rusted out. That Bears defense is still good, but it's not as good as some of the defenses they've had in the past. Yeah. And now you have playmakers like Allen Robinson upset. He's your best best offensive playmaker. You drafted a guy like David Montgomery last year. You hardly gave him the ball. And now this year, he's literally your last line of defense running the football. And behind him, you just signed Tariq Cohen to an extension, but Tariq Cohen is literally my size. <laughs> he's, he's not, not going. He's not going to last too long. No. How about this? We were just talking a little NFC North there. As the Lions are 0-2, the Vikings are 0-2, and they look just atrocious. And the Bears 2-0, despite looking atrocious. You know who has not looked atrocious as they said at 2-0? Your Green Bay Packers. The Packers have now become the fourth team in NFL history. With more than 80 points and 1,000 yards in two games. The Packers, with 85 points, 1,010 yards, joined the 2019 Ravens, the 1998 49ers, and the 1991 Buffalo Bills. How about that, Rowdy? That's some uh, interesting company right there. That's some Packers are pretty damn good so far. So should we be expecting a deep playoff run? Is that what you're trying to say? I, uh, I'm going to knock on wood. And cross my fingers and say yes. I say deep playoff run, not Super Bowl win, because you mentioned the Bills. The Bills, yep. 
How would you like to be the Buffalo Bills and you go to four straight Super Bowls and lose them all? It's pretty impressive. It's 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 very it's insane. It's impressive to make it to four straight Super and Bowls win just in itself, and it's even more impressive to not win at least one of them. Do you think when do you give up? When are you like really, or or do you have hope the whole time? I can see losing the first Super Bowl, and then you come back like, all right, this is it. And then you lose the Super Bowl like, oh crap. And then the third one, you're like, all right, third time's the charm, right? And then you lose. And then what do you do? Do you even watch the fourth one? Do you want to suffer through? What the inevitable is of losing that fourth Super Bowl? Do you even watch? Well, if you're a Bills fan, it's that it's that chance at a championship. It brings you back, brings you back in. <laughs> it, they just keep bringing me back, keep sucking me in. Right when I thought I was out, <laughs> they, they pull me right, right back, back in. in. Uh, the Packers, 85 points, 1,010 yards. That is absolutely incredible. And here's the thing: the Packers will now play Sunday Night Football in New Orleans against the Saints. Watching the Saints last night lose to the Las Vegas Raiders, I was surprised. Drew Brees looks old. Drew Brees does not look well, like the Drew Brees. The last two seasons, you can tell that Drew Brees has aged. Mm-hmm. And by that, we mean he doesn't have the same arm strength. He can't make all the same throws that he used to make just two years ago. Yeah, And that really limits you. Not only as a quarterback, but at Sean Payton as a play caller, because all of a sudden you can't throw the 40 yard bombs downfield because Drew Brees is struggling to throw the ball that far, especially accurately. Yeah. Uh, Drew Brees, after last night's loss to the Raiders, Drew Brees was saying that his job is to essentially direct the offense and not air it out. You know what that reminds me of, that comment? What? Do you remember when Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos ah, yeah. made it to their second Super Bowl? Yeah. It was like paper mache arm. And they played the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Like and floating lame ducks. That was when they basically were starting Brock Osweiler. Right. And then they were starting Peyton Manning. And the reason why they went Brock with Peyton Osweiler. The reason why they went with Peyton Manning, he's obviously Peyton Manning, right? Mm-hmm. But yes. he was the the quote unquote field general, right? <laughs> he knew where every player was going to be. He knew who was coming on the he's blitz. Cerebral. He knew, yeah, he knew all that. That's why they went with him. Brock Osweiler was more talented arm-wise. Brock Osweiler just looked like a raging douchebag. You looked at that guy, you're like, this guy is one of those... You know what, you ever see one of those guys just walking around, you look at him like, this guy is a douche, and he doesn't even have to open his mouth? But I think think we could all, and I think Peyton Manning would probably also agree with you. In that (laughs) season, at that moment, Brock Osweiler could throw the football much better than Peyton Manning. He could sling it. Because Peyton Manning literally had like a lame... Peyton Manning would throw lame ducks. If you ever played Duck Hunt on Nintendo, that's what Peyton Manning was throwing up there, some lame ducks. Now, I don't think Drew Brees has regressed that far that where Peyton Manning was at during that Super Bowl because Peyton Manning was struggling to throw it like 10 yards. Yes. But he is regressing. He's a quarterback that's now 41 years old. And when we've what we've seen from most highly skilled, some of the best quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL, where do they normally fall off when they fall off? 40. It's 40-41. Yeah. Tom Brady is the exception. It's because he's got avocado ice cream. But now if you look at this game with the Saints and the Drew Packers. Drew Brees is 41, by the way. I, I kind of want to look at this game and, and just a brief breakdown. If you look at the head coaches. Oh, br- brief breakdown. Let's go. Sean Payton, you'd still say he's a pretty good coach, but Matt LaFleur did go 13-3. and the offense looks extremely good, right, for the first two games? Yep. I'm going to say right now, if you watch the Monday night game and the, the first game, Sean Payton's had some questionable decisions in those first two weeks. Definitely. I would say coaching, in my opinion, is probably pretty even. Uh, Sean Payton is a great coach, but, yeah, Matt LaFleur is now – I mean, we're talking potentially talking about Matt LaFleur being the best coach in the NFL right now. How, I mean, how can you not have that conversation? Saints beat the Buccaneers 34-23. Did you watch any of that game? I did watch some of the – that was two weeks ago. Yeah. And then last, last well, night they last lose night to they lose Oakland. The, the Raiders. Sean Las Payton. Vegas, Rowdy. Ah, I keep saying Oakland. Las Vegas. You don't, want a, you don't want a Raiders fan to stab you. Get it right. But I feel like Sean Payton in those first two games, he's made some questionable decisions where you go, really? A Sean Payton – Sean Payton's making that decision? It's, it's it's just always but, it's every time they use like they do something with Taysom Hill, I just it just drives me nuts. I don't know why. If you look at quarterback, you have to go with Aaron Rodgers as the better quarterback. Yeah, hands down. If you look at running back, I think right now 
it's pretty easy to say running backs are pretty even when you have Kamara versus Aaron Jones. Kamara was looking really good last night. Kamara looked pretty damn good. Aaron Jones, obviously, we saw it on Sunday, just killing it. Kamara had two tutties and 79 yards on 13 carries and nine catches for 95 yards. Pretty pretty even looking at quarterbacks. Yeah, or Or running backs. Running backs. But I would say that the Packers are deeper. I mean, you could also go A.J. Dillon. You could go Jamal Williams. Well, they got what? Latavius Murray, Deontay Harris, and and then Taysom Hill. Latavius Murray is the backup. He's the guy that you're going to hand it to him. He'll get you three yards every single play, but nothing more. Yeah, he had three carries for 14 yards. And when you look at the receivers... I would say you have to lean with Green Bay if Devontae Adams is healthy because we know yeah. Michael Thomas isn't healthy. Yeah, Michael Thomas had a high ankle sprain. He's out. Devontae Adams had the hamstring tweak. But here's the thing. LaFleur was talking, and I'll, I'll have play comments for him coming up here. LaFleur was talking about yesterday that Devontae Adams was chomping at the bit to get back into the game. So his his hammy, which LaFleur was pretty tight-lipped about, his hammy's got to be just fine if, if Devontae was trying to get back in in that blowout. So, yeah, Michael Thomas is out. I would have to say that I'd favor Green Bay when it comes to receivers if Devontae Adams is in and Michael Thomas is out. Now, the question about it comes down to what about the defense? Because I Well, think the tight Saints... end, I would probably give the Saints, too, because they have Jared Cook. And well, Jared pa- Cook scored a touchdown last and, night. And the Packers really don't have anyone. Bob Tanyan is the hey, leading tight end. Two Bob catches, 25 yards, Bob touchdown. But, yeah, Jay Sternberger has got bricks for hands. Mercedes, Mercedes Lewis, Lewis is the blocking blocks. tight end. So I'd probably give the edge to New Orleans. Offensive line, though, New Orleans has a good offensive line, but the Packers' offensive line has looked really good this yeah. year. I mean, now there is another injury question with Lindsley having the sprained thumb on his snapping hand, but I mean, we'll see what happens. And then when you look on the – you flip it over and you look at the defense. Packers this, run defense questionable. This is where I think the Saints have an advantage. Now, the Saints did give up quite a bit of points to the Raiders of Las Vegas Not last Oakland. night. Not Oakland. But overall, you would say the Saints have a pretty solid secondary. The Saints have a pretty solid defensive line. Yep. I think it's going to come down to Aaron Rodgers versus the Saints defense. Give me Aaron Rodgers. I think the, I think the Packers are just vibing so hard. The Packers are... They're a car... Derek Carr, I don't know. Like, a lot of times you're like, does this guy suck? And then other times, like last night, you're like, okay, he's wearing the number four in honor of Brett Favre. And you're like, okay, I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see it. I've always been, I've always been a Derek Carr supporter. I like Derek Carr too. But sometimes you're just, you scratch your head. You're like, what is this guy doing? Also, and then last to- night, 282 yards and three touchdowns for Derek Carr. But I guess we're looking at the Saints anyways, but. Also, I mean, the Raiders, he hasn't necessarily been surrounded with the best teams. Yeah. But Drew Brees v. Rodgers, I mean, the Saints get the edge on the defense, but give the offense, there's a lot of parallels, but I give me Aaron Rodgers over Drew Brees. Drew Brees has not looked good his first two games. And I think that's Aaron what Rodgers it, has. Looking at that game, I think that's one of the big things that's probably going to come down to is Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. And Aaron Rodgers has just looked a million times better than Drew Brees this year, but the real McSee does point out. Oh, the real McSee, what's he doing? What's a he good at? fact saying. Was he just tweet at you? Yeah, the the line for that game opened up as Saints are three and a half point favorites. Oh, it's just just home field. Yeah, but there's no fans in the stands. Yeah, there's nothing. So they're saying they're still saying that the Saints are clearly a better team. Packers will prove them wrong on Sunday, prime time, baby. It does say that the Vegas is making a. Kind of want to take the Packers. Oh, I'm taking. Spoiler, I'm taking the Packers.